And now, a critical car industry update comprising Automotive Goose of the Week. A coveted award which I more or less just made up for your lockdown entertainment. No Christmas card for me after this one, I'm pretty sure. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the card that's up there now, dude. Except, of course, if it's not. And if it's not, there's no need to comment. Like, take a load off, dude. Despite all of the current trials and tribulations throughout society and it is quite confronting. Car makers continue to perfect their vaudeville routines for your delight and self-amuse. <laughs> They're friggin' unstoppable. I would sincerely like to thank a viewer named Jordan Daish for giving us all this little party in our pants while the thought police and unvaccinated soldiers patrol our streets. <sighs> My very good friends at Ford continue to misrepresent hilariously the company's own vehicles. Presumptuously, I just took it as read that shitbox Mustang Mach 1 fiasco, right? I thought that was the summit there, literally the Everest of misrepresentations. And no higher could we possibly climb. But clearly this was just the Hillary step on the way to the actual peak of bullshit Everest. That's a screenshot, right? From ford.com.au slash SUV slash Everest, taken earlier today. The mighty Everest base crap. Look me in the eye and tell me that's not three testicles worth of seven-seater right there, at least. Unfortunately, it seems you might have been base chumped if you actually buy one. Can you see what's wrong with that picture? Can you? It's like a grown man walking around in public with the vegetables just flapping in the breeze to me. And I have some experience of that. So go on, dude. Apply yourself to identifying this somewhat glaring problem. And before I fill you in, so to speak, I'd remind you and those chumps at Ford no reference to individuals is made, I'm just talking about the company throughout this quality report, and it's my own honest personal opinion in any case. I'd remind you, the ACCC says that the following is problematically legislated as part of the acceptable quality consumer guarantee. Products must match descriptions made by the salesperson on packaging and labels and in promotions or advertising. And in promotions or advertising. How limiting to marketing departments everywhere, and specifically in this case, seeing as uh, that image is actually both of those things, isn't it? Like promotion and advertising. And so is this one. From the Everest Base Crap brochure. You can clearly see from this awesome shot, also from the current base crap brochure, that this is a rhino rack. And frankly, of all the racks 
Rhino is my favorite rack that is not comprised wholly of boobies. It's Rhino's so-called pioneer platform, winner of a coveted Red Dot Award and good design gold as well, despite being one of the most deficient rack designs I've ever seen, like if load carrying capacity actually mattered. I've done a whole report on that. Just up there, dude. Frankly, these racks seem to me, at least, little more than expensive aesthetic additions, right? Kind of a light bar with vestigial blue singlet sex appeal. Now, here's why this is so impossibly entertaining, okay? Rhino buries this information, by the way, but it is on their website if you dig endlessly. Dear Rhino, love the horn, sorry about the endangerment dudes, but you really should put the load capacity of each rack in the actual specs. Revolutionary suggestion, and in my view, not doing so for a product ostensibly designed to carry a load is disgraceful. That's just a personal opinion, but I suspect this leads to a lot of unwitting and potentially dangerous overloading, like out there in the world. <sighs> anyway, if you can ever find it, the company says that you must reduce the maximum payload on the Pioneer platform by one-third when you are, quote, off-road. I guess they just couldn't design one that was strong enough all around because, you know, rocket science. They even specifically define off-road, so there's no ambiguity whatsoever. Any driven path taken that does not contain a surface protection layer, tar slash bitumen. Therefore, in that Ford base crap brochure, in the shot right there that you are looking at, it's unequivocal that that is quote-unquote off-road, okay? According to the definition of the roof rack manufacturer. That kind of matters. Now, Ford doesn't actually disclose the roof load limit in its Explore Shitbox Everest web pages, but I'm pretty sure, based on some earlier research I did, that Everest is limited to 100 kilos, maximum roof load. That includes the mass of the rack, which in Tiffany's case was massive. Mr. Daish, who wrote to me after ripping his hair out on this, and dude, know the feeling, and who owns a base crap, he confirmed this, 100 kilos, direct from his owner's manual. I have that in writing in an email chain between him and a bunch of, I don't know, interns or something at Ford. They don't repudiate this at all or correct him in any way, incidentally. So let us run with 100 kilos and it's the most generous interpretation of any of this for the following calculations for Ford, in any case. I'm not trying to straw man them here and just knock them down on a technicality. I think they have effed up monumentally. So let's lay this out, okay? The owner's manual says 100 kilos, but the Rhino specification says that the off-road payload is 47 kilos. It's buried, okay? Right there, if you can find it. And they claim that the rack weighs 29 kilos. And 47 plus 29, that's like 76. 76 kilos total, upstairs, maximum. Up there in your base crap, off-road. Manual says 100. Reality says 76. Wow. 24% discount. <laughs> yes. Hashtag base crap. 
Thanks a lot, Rhino, for reducing the load able to be carried even on a dirt road by such a significant amount. Thanks a lot, Ford, for not disclosing this at all, seemingly. Well done. Or, I guess, if you did, I couldn't find it and I did spend some time looking. There is, of course, another problem with this, isn't there? See that? That gorgeous Rhino Rack Sunseeker awning. <laughs> nice name, ladies, incidentally. Seeing as you'd unfurl it mainly to seek to get out of the friggin' sun and thereby delay the onset of heat stroke and melanoma and things of that nature here in sun-cursed Australia. Best damn country on earth if you want nature in all its glory to kill you 15 different ways, none of them involving a hot tub full of Tiffany. Anyway, the mighty out-of-the-sun seeker awning, it weighs 10 kilos. That beautiful Priscilla-esque roll-away sail that would absolutely never be as noisy as an inner ear wasp infestation at 100 k's an hour. Yes. So what does that leave you with, okay? It leaves you with 37 whole kilos of payload capacity off-road before you are monumentally overloaded. Let's just think about that, okay? There's an esky up there in that shot. 24 cans of our finest muscle relaxant. Five litres of ice is like four kilos for the esky and 24 times 375, that's like three-eighths times 24 plus, I don't know, five kilos for the ice or something. That's 18 kilos right there. Jesus, we're already down to just 19 kilos remaining for that big black case and that big green pod thingo and whatever the hell else that other stuff is on the other side and all that other shit that's sort of jammed on the rack at the rear. There's actually at least seven different containers upstairs on that platform, not including the Esky, as it is depicted by Ford. Quote, in brochures or advertising. And dude, that's like only 2.7 kilos a piece per container on average for those seven containers. At least until Ford's marketing Mensa candidates have just depicted a base crap doing something it is fundamentally a warranty voider to do. Oops-a-daisy. Pro tip, okay? A Pelican 1640 protector transport case, which is exactly what that looks like right there. It weighs a little over 15 kilos, like dead empty. And I suppose if you'd permit me a brief moment of rhetorical reflection on this, what's the fucking point of taking anything like that on tour empty? Therefore, I'd put it to you that the base crap, as depicted by Ford on its website and in the brochure, is, by any reasonable estimation, substantially overloaded in those photographs. And the owner's manual claims it can carry 100 kilos in any case, which, as depicted, it cannot, if you believe Rhino concerning the friggin' capability, if that's the right word, of its own roof racks. Now, 
As some of you may know, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth and I was still a young man and women still fought one another to be as one with me, I was also an engineer. For about six months, I worked in this factory, right, where they rebuilt these huge diesel locomotives, these two-stroke V16 behemoths. They just pulled them apart like little Legos or something, and they recode them, and we stuck them back together again. Yes, it was freaking awesome. It was not uncommon in this kind of fairly rough environment to have 10 tonnes or more of cast iron and or steel just flying overhead on a crane. <laughs> and the dudes doing this kind of thing, they took it all so seriously. Like, go figure. Slings and shackles and crane chases and whistles. It was so theatrical that the bit I really enjoyed was being shouted at to get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> right? As a young engineer, always standing in the wrong spot. The good old days, right? Now, I do try to make these reports ever so slightly light-hearted, particularly now on lockdown, it's all a bit grim. I do try to inject a little bit of satire, but when I think about this more deeply, loads really don't fuck around, okay? In industry or on a platform that's cutting through the air at 100 k's an hour, okay? It's all good fun until it's really not, unless you get the details right. They're not to be trifled with, right? Loads. It's a serious undertaking. Putting people in tightly coupled systems with lots of stored energy requires a far more diligent approach than the cavalier presentation Ford is taking here, frankly, depicting the vehicle doing something it pretty clearly cannot and should not. And for shame, instilling perhaps in your head, the notion that this kind of conduct is in fact possible when... It is not. Like, disgraceful. Friggin' ghost of Pinto. I guess, but aside from those problems, good job, Ford Australia, cobbling together the base crap limited edition. So friggin' butch. In particular, well done sorting out those complex consumer law compliance issues to your usual distinctive blue oval standard. Yes, Consistency, dudes, that's the key, and you guys rock. And again, no reference to individuals is made. It's like a company thing. This is a corporation, right, that's disgracefully shooting itself in the nuts over and over again while the ACCC sleeps on. Like, in the immortal words of James Tolkien, who was Stinger from Top Gun 1, that was way back in 1986 with the locomotive overhead, Writing checks your body can't cash. Essentially, that's what that brochure is, right? Cue the highway to the danger zone theme. You know, Kenny Loggins is only 73 years old today. Amazing. I remember 73. Bonus points, Ford Strayer for yanking Mr. Dacia's chain so friggin' hard that he took the view that reaching out to someone like me was a reasonable thing to do. That's customer service with no friggin' lube. All those emails back and forth, simply amazing, while seemingly at the same time manscaping and moisturising the vegetables with the other hand. Cirque du Soleil, here we come. Love your work, dudes. <laughs>